John Maxwell say to me two things. One, you can't teach a leader how to lead if they don't have the qualities in them to lead. And if you want to really frame good success, it's to know yourself, grow yourself, and sow seeds that help others. That's what success looks like. If you don't have the qualities to lead, it's very difficult to teach a person how to lead. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Fitness Empire Podcast. It is your co-host here, Dustin Bogle, Matt Wilbur, and we have a special guest, actually. It's not going to just be Matt and I talking about a topic. We're bringing in an expert, and it's somebody that we're proud to call a mentor, somebody that works with our team, somebody that's worked with us directly to grow in the area of leadership. And so uh, that gentleman is Rich Lohman. I consider him a mentor of mine, a leadership coach, a leadership expert at something that he is strong in is coming into a business, whether it is fitness or not, and helping the team to better understand his perfect blend, in my opinion, of the leadership approach, which is understanding the personality types of your team members and then figuring out where you are in terms of the five levels of leadership and helping to ascend up that, that pyramid more and more. And so this is his unique approach to helping businesses and leadership teams to improve in the area of leadership so that they can grow the business. This is the soft skills, which for most business owners are the hard skills. And so uh, that's something we're going to get into today. So Rich, pleasure to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, brothers. I do say brothers with a, uh, you know, the quote unquote, because I appreciate both of you. You know, each of you have you know, meant so much to me in my growth journey as I grow as, you know, that leadership expert. Uh, I can honestly say uh, I wouldn't be here without my relationship with Matt. Um, and, you know, how this story is going to kind of unfold is going to tell a little bit of that story uh, because I'm, you know, to a degree on the outside of the fitness industry looking in, which offers a, a unique perspective. So thank you for having me first and foremost. And I think that's going to be the, the biggest takeaway today. And then obviously, if anyone comes to Domination Workshop, is that is that outside perspective. But even though it's an outside perspective, I think you have a better perspective than most because you you understand that the true challenges that leaders inside of fitness industry are facing because you are literally talking to whether that's owners, whether that's facility leaders, managers on a daily basis and, and handling and dealing with the, the things that they face, right? And, and a lot of the things that they face is directly correlated to their ability to lead. Obviously, John Maxwell says the cap on a business is, is leadership. And, and really, I've always said that the cap on most businesses, especially when you look to scale and grow, is actually going to be the leadership ability of your managers. As your managers go, so will, will your locations. Obviously, with me, you work directly with our managers, so you're you're seeing what they're feeling and what they're dealing with, um, and a lot of some of their issues go directly back to their their ability to lead, but their personality type. Yeah. Now the challenge becomes every single manager that we have has different strengths, 
and has different weaknesses. And then they have different issues and problems with different team members based on personality types, based on where they're at and the, the levels of leadership. But we'll get into that. But I just want to pre-frame that as we go. Yes, it's outside eyes, but those outside eyes like know our business inside and out and know the, the challenges better than than anybody listening to to the podcast because you're you're seeing it from multiple gyms, multiple people, multiple different owners, multiple different managers. And I think that's just immensely valuable. So before we go into that, give us like a two minute intro, a little bit of, of your backstory. Yeah. So if I was to, you know, go into backstory, well, let's just start with the intro. I work with individuals. I work with groups. I work with teams predominantly in the fitness industry all over North America, many different franchise systems, you know, individual uh, owners that are independent of a franchise system. Um, but the, it's all about helping people learn to develop themselves. We all have this ideal on what success is supposed to look like. We sometimes call that a vision or a, a image of success in our head. But the problem is some people can't see that and they're confused. Some people see that, but they don't take action on that. They're frustrated. It's only those few you know, people that you know what they want and they go after it that are truly fulfilled in the industry. And others are just scratching their head. They're like, what do I do? Well, uh, obviously, you know, coming to the domination uh, workshop, you come to that because you want to gain all the wisdom of, of fulfillment. And I'm just one of those catalysts, uh, you know, to being able to do that. I work with people on a daily basis, uh, you know, so that we can develop leadership. We can put handles on leadership and really, you know, understand how to carry it around, uh, what it looks like at each level uh, that we talk about. And we do tie in personal development to that. We tie in the personalities that we have because there is no natural born leader. Each of us, you know, has our own strengths, our own skill sets, our own beliefs, our own, you know, DNA that we bring into it. Now it's what do we do to develop ourselves and grow? So I'm just the independent contractor, if you will, part of the John Maxwell team or Maxwell leadership. You know, I get the tools, the resources to be mentored by, I call the world's greatest leadership development person in John Maxwell. And then I get to go apply my unique perspective to it out into the fitness industry. Two follow-up questions based on that. What, what kind of started you down the path of leadership expert? Obviously, you don't start as a leadership expert. <laughs> uh, no, no one starts a, as a good, a good leader, in my opinion. I think that has to be one. You have to want to be one. And then obviously, you have to work on it and develop it. But what made you start down that path of, hey, I'm going to completely devote my life to helping people become better leaders? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. And it, you know, like the humble nature of and humble beginnings that we all go through. My humble beginning is uh, I went two and a half years to a local university, Grand Valley State University. I got a letter delivered to me uh, that was, we think you should say, take some time off of school and figure out what you want to do with your life. So I feel like, yeah, I don't know whether they kicked me out or I dropped out, but I stopped going to school and I realized I just had to go get a job. I fell back on some of my natural tendencies and my natural tendencies are more of a people-oriented person and a driver of results. Knowing that, I progressed through this company in corporate America called Crown Lift Trucks and I got to a point, a pinnacle of that uh, company where I was positioned to be a, a leader and a manager. 
and I sucked at it. I absolutely sucked at it. And I know I did. Uh, I wasn't ready for it. The timing wasn't right. Uh, so I actually, you know, left that company, got into real estate, uh, and I was, I'm very good at my own performance, but when it came to galvanizing people, leading people around me, um, I was building a team around me, the subprime, I'm old guy, right? So the subprime mortgage, uh, crisis of 2008, 2009, I built this team, but then I couldn't sustain the team because I couldn't keep driving leads to them. So what I did was I uh, went out and I hired my first ever coach myself and it started to show me what the coaching industry looked like. And that was a real estate coach. At that point, uh, I learned I wanted to become a coach. I did, it was separate from the Maxwell organization, but I read a book, uh, yeah, I was walking through Sam's Club uh, with my family and uh, found the 15 laws of growth. And in the back of the book, uh, it said, if you wanna learn about leadership development, you know, contact us. That was the pinnacle, the turning moment of how hard it was in the early stages and the humble beginnings. What I wish I would have known then that I know now type mentality um, that really have, you know, been like now it's a calling. I, you know, that's the only way I could describe it is it's a calling on my life to be able to be the best leader that I can be and help other people put context to what the best leader they can be is. So, Awesome. Uh, Follow-up question kind of from the beginning again is I think one of the hallmarks that makes what you do very unique and different than a lot of leadership coaches is obviously tying in, in personality types. Yeah. Right. And then also understanding where the personality types of the different levels of leadership, where you're going to struggle, where you need to put more work into. Obviously, you got to become aware. But what made you go all in on, on that aspect of Obviously, there's so many things that you can teach from a leadership lens, but obviously, I think that's that's your calling card, the thing that you're amazing at doing and helping people understand. And, and we've had many discussions about how really if people can just really dial in and one, understanding themselves from a personality type standpoint of what's their strengths, what's their weaknesses, where's their inefficiencies or deficiencies as a leader going to be because that's going to be the cap on their business, but then also getting their team understanding that and then applying it because that's the key is applying, knowing and applying are two different things, right? But then also tying it into, hey, this is where it's going to fall at, at each level of leadership. What really made you kind of go in all in on, on that aspect of leadership? Yeah, uh, you know, good another, uh, you know, interesting, funny story. I took my personality assessments have been around since the beginning of time, BC type thing. So I took my first DISC assessment 30 years ago. And what I learned was it's probably one of the five biggest mistakes I've made in my life. And I've made some doozy of mistakes, but I took the DISC assessment. I, I agreed with the results of it. I filed it in a file cabinet. And then two years, three years later, I actually left the company. And I looked at it like, that, that was a cool thing and I threw it away. If you fast forward uh, one, you know, I think it was like 2018, I'm already doing leadership development. And I heard John Maxwell say to me two things. One, you can't teach a leader how to lead if they don't have the qualities in them to lead. And you sh if you wanna really frame good success, it's to know yourself, grow yourself, and sow seeds that help others. That's what success looks like. So I started marrying up that uh, th those you know knowledge points and wisdom that he shared, and the John Maxwell team had the disc uh, you know consultant 
uh, program that had just kickstarted. So I actually became the disc consultant. And what I started seeing is John saying, if you don't have the qualities to lead, it's very difficult to teach a person how to lead. And what you're saying is you're blending. None of us are perfect with qualities. I might be a very gifted communicator, but I'm a very poor listener unless I develop the quality of listening. So I had to figure out myself. And then I started looking at all the personality types, whether it's a D and I and S or a C in the disc world. What we realize is that nobody has all of the qualities. So we all have to grow. If we don't grow, what we'll inherently realize is going back to what I said, I give people the handles to understand leadership better. Inside of the fitness industry, activities are very prominent. If we can, you know, have a good attitude, if we can make sure that we know our programming, we know who our members are and their names, if we can give them a good experience and we can keep them safe from getting injured in the fitness industry, then we're going to start the precursor to success. If we don't do those things, nobody wants to hang around with a gym that has a bad attitude and is a bunch of Eeyores or something. But some personalities are that way. So what we started doing is blending the qualities and the personalities all together and realizing, okay, you're good at this, you're not good at this, so here's your growth plan. You're good at this, but you're not good at this. Here's your growth plan. Each of the growth plans is uniquely different once we can get our arms around that, you know, we're going to have people that aren't gifted at relationships, building better relationships. It's all about relationships. Our relationship with the clients and members will be the catalyst to whether they get the transformation and outcome they're looking for. So you're either going to be good at you know tasks and activities or you're going to be good at relationships. But to get good results, you have to be good at both. And that's where the growth journey really kicks in. So that's why I fell in love with DISC is it makes total logical sense that if you can use the disc and personality to the leadership, success is predictable. The sad thing is we just don't have enough people that understand the growth plans that they have to go through. And that becomes the mission and vision of my organization is to you know help more people learn how to do this system. And I think one thing, when we hear qualities, I also think of like skills. So like quality to me, innately, some, some people innately have certain qualities, but they also have certain skills. But for me, I, I think a big mistake that people make is they're like, well, th this is just who I am and this is what my disc says. And this is, so it's kind of like take it or leave it. But if, if you really want to be a great leader, you said it like you need to know yourself, you need to grow yourself. And then, and then so seeds, like for me, that's an intentionality thing. Listen. And you can say, Hey, I don't have these qualities or I don't have these, all skills are learnable. Right. Right how quickly you can learn a skill right is innate to the to the person but it's also about how much energy and effort are you going to be willing to do because we've had managers and you've worked with them some are willing to grow and some are willing to put in the work and some are willing to say you know what a lot of these issues are are my fault and i need to do better and i need to work on them and i need to to improve and then there's some of like pretty much it's 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 just who i am um, right but then the downside of that is you have to accept the the consequences. Now that you know DISC so well, when you come into an organization and start helping them solve problems, because I got to imagine a lot of people hire you to help them solve problems or uh, things aren't working so good. So you come in and how quickly now that you know DISC, can you like pretty much pinpoint this is 
this is going to be the problem in the organization without needing to know a P&L, without needing to know marketing, without needing to know any of that stuff. Like how quickly can you really pinpoint the, the real issues in a business from a personnel perspective, just understanding people's disk profiles? Inside of 30 minutes. And I, I mean, I know that probably is an arrogant statement, but it, it, the, the real truth of it is inside of 30 minutes, it takes 15 to 20 minutes to take a disk assessment. I can look at uh, you know, the results and I look at very specifically one page in a disk assessment and it tells the entire story of the person. That's my study of it. That's how I geek out over it. Like you guys geek out over you know, the fitness industry yourselves. You now it's a matter of you know taking that person on a learning journey, but I can identify. And Matt, I mean, you know this, my unique perspective on the fitness industry is I, I started it as a, a client of yours. And, you know, when you go into a gym as a client, that's when I said I have the outsider's perspective. I go in and I can feel a person's personality inside of, you know, probably 10 to 15 seconds. It's something that I have intuitively learned by based on experience over time. If somebody is too uh, up in your face as a coach, you know, and they're too bubbly and they're too energetic, you know, they're trying to get that you know, that member to like them more than they are trying to get that member to drive harder to results. So I can read it very quickly. The The challenge is growth doesn't happen that fast. It's a process. And once we can read and identify a person either on paper or being inside the gym, then it's to, you know, start to break apart the components of growth and say, this is what each person needs to start doing. But the diagnostics on it from a disc perspective is 30 minutes. And that, that's no different than a gym business, uh, yeah, a, a tractor selling business, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, oftentimes what makes things not work isn't the tactics and the strategies and all that. It's ultimately the, the people that are supposed to be running the systems and, and running the play and the, the people dynamics that that come into it um it's kind of that invisible force but it's the most powerful force in, inside of your business that when people come to me and dustin and like oh we need more marketing or we need we need that lead follow-up thing or we need all that stuff but it's there's so much dysfunction inside of their business that no marketing strategy no uh lead follow-up strategy no whatever it may be strategy that they think is the thing because that ultimately is going to come down to the, the people in the business being able to to execute against that in the culture inside of the business, which is one of those things that you as a client can feel very quickly. Um, and, that, and that's well, where things th start to break down. Yeah, think about it. You know, somebody you know like yourself can be very gifted at bringing people in the front door. That's your job. That's your role. And you bring pre people in and they get in there. Well, the other people that are in the room called you know, coaches and managers, they're in there to keep them in the room. But there's a back door. And if we suck at building relationships with those people, or we don't make it a fun environment, or we're sucking the life out of the room, those people just want to walk out the back door. They don't want to walk out the front door and look at you and say, hey, this wasn't what I, what I thought it was. They want to walk out the back door and look somewhere else. You know, so that's well, most what, most people and honestly don't even want to be there right 80 percent really? of the population doesn't have a gym membership for a reason exactly right? exactly we don't want to be we don't want to be the reason that they finally decided to take action and then they're they're like ah this place isn't for me 
Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, so, you know, it isn't for me. They have their own insecurities. Then they don't feel comfortable in there. They run out. The, I mean, that's that's what gym owners are fighting based on their staffing and their personnel. If we run good plays and we've got good growth and I'm aware of my deficiencies and how I impact other people and I commit to growth, you know, you've seen it, Dustin, you've seen it. Success isn't that hard to accomplish it's just, it's going to be time consuming because we all have a little bit of quality, you know, brokenness inside of us that the disc and leadership are going to help us with. And I think one of the, these things too, is when you do these things, it's, it's really commitment to it. Cause another thing that I just see all the time with so many people is they, it's like this one shot thing and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this one shot thing. It's just going to fix everything. It's a all the time process and you know it can feel like a grind but ultimately success long term requires what it requires and and i feel like a lot of people maybe will do a personality type assessment and be like oh like now everybody has it now we're good um but that, yeah. that's not that's not what the point is right it, the point is to apply it and know that hey it is going to be a daily weekly monthly grind of executing against this to get the fruits that that you are looking for yeah, leadership, you know, you know, from that perspective, it's a process. Um, and I think you're right, like leadership and DISC, development in itself is a process. If people treat it like the event, check the box, it's not going to work. But if they believe in the process and you'll learn to develop a culture with the process in it, you know, then it's going to continue to grow, change and mature the people which will think differently and uh, treat people differently as as far as members go. And then all of a sudden success becomes a natural byproduct of that growth and development. And that's how you develop skills, right? With repetition, because yeah. most people when they do a training only retain 10%. So when people listen to this podcast today, you're going to retain 10% or less depending on how intentional you are to listening to what we're talking about today. And, and that's how our business works, right? So a lot of people don't commit to continuously training and development of their team and reinforcing these things so that they actually get the repetition to get the skills so that they can actually, you know, develop the qualities. The qualities are not in a one-day training. Yeah. The qualities take intentionality and they take time. And the more you repeat it, obviously, the better you're, you're going to get at it. No different than developing a coach. The qualities of being a good coach on the floor or on the mat, like you don't be like, hey, this is how you run a session on the mic, and then they go run it and they're gonna be awesome. They get better because they practice, they get feedback, they get coaching, <laughs> and they get the repetitions, right? But for some reason in the personal development and leadership world, there's like this thing that I just go to a conference one time or I go to read a book one time. And then magically, I'm going to have the qualities and the skills that I need to be uh, an effective leader. And that's just not the case. So it's really a commitment to saying, hey, I need these qualities. I need these skills. And then obviously where somebody like you as a coach comes in is is really, one, it's obviously to help them and support them and uh, make them see things that they don't see and be able to connect the dots. But part of it is just the accountability to, to make sure that they're actually committed to what they're doing. And I, I honestly think more than 50% of having a good coach is they hold you accountable to doing the things that you said you wanted to do. Like an online an online fitness coach, 
like they charge premium prices to give you a meal plan and a workout plan that you can fucking find on Google right now that's probably just as good but the thing that they can't have is the human connection and the accountability and making sure you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing in my opinion that's why ultimately why you're paying the coach yes you want the expertise and all the things that come with it but you actually doing what you're supposed to be doing is where a lot of that uh, a lot of that value actually comes in. There's probably yeah. a lot of, uh, the variety, um, you know, aspect that comes into it because we've probably all heard about the six human needs and one of them's variety. And it tends to be business owners are very variety driven. And so that's why they're always chasing the new thing. Like I want a new marketing offer. You know, I, I, I don't want to do repetition. That's not something I enjoy to do. And, you know, variety then has its polar opposite, which is a human need, which is consistency. So then you mix them like oil and water. And if the owner is very variety driven and then the team member is very consistency driven uh, and routine and structure, you could see how that'll be, you know, hell in a handbasket. So I think that definitely comes into play. And so it is like we learn with DISC is understanding yourself and learning when to check yourself and understand how this is ne negatively impacting and not using it as a hall pass and a get out of jail car. Well, this is how I am. You guys got to deal with it. Like, no, work on yourself and improve it. And so, Rich, what I wanted to shift into for people who have not heard about DISC, it's essentially a personality profile so that you can better understand yourself. And then you should definitely have your team do it so you can better understand them and you can learn how to communicate and jive together a whole lot better. And so, one of the things that I love is you really attached one word to each of those. You know, there's the what, one person's what driven, which is me and Matt, definitely high D. Uh, <laughs> and then you got the why and you got the who, and then, you know, you got the how. And so it really helps you to know you got these four boxes I need to check when I'm communication, when I'm communicating change or I'm communicating a new system. So one of the questions me and Matt wanted to go over with you is like, let's go through each of those and, and tell us what are the biggest challenges each of those personality types will face in their business that will cause struggle. Maybe you could share what they'll do well and what will bring value and where they're you know strong, but then say, if you're this, when you do your personality test, this is what you might be experiencing. Hey guys, it's Dustin Bogle with The Fitness Empire and we want to connect with you on social media. So Matt and I are asking you to either friend us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and we'll follow you back, but you wanna search our name, Dustin Bogle or Matt Wilbur, and here's what we wanna do for you. We wanna help you with your biggest pain point in your business. So send us a DM, tell us what that big pain point or struggle is, and we'll share with you whatever we've done when it comes to that pain point in our own business, all right? So again, go on Facebook, Instagram, search Dustin Vogel, Matt Wilbur, connect, and let us help you grow your business. Yeah, that's a really good question. That That's gonna go deep and and I'll, you know, I will try not to make it too technical, but I'm you'll know, pull me out of the weeds if I get too much in the weeds. But if we just look at the four basic personality types, if you're an owner and you realize you're a D personality type, your strengths are in leadership. Your strengths are in your driven nature. Inherently, one of the challenges, you know, and, and you already said this, Dustin, is the challenge when it comes to a D style person is their patience. If a D-style pers person doesn't see a project through, they could be changing too often because they actually seek out changes to solve problems. So they're very, very decisive with their decision-making, 
but they could be a problem in their own business if they don't see something through full term to be able to make little tweaks versus wholesale changes. Um, I know that like in the fitness industry, some people might use Zen Planner, some people might use Fit Protractor, some people might use Club Ready. But if something's not working with whatever you're using, instead of trying to tweak it and make it work for you, sometimes you make the wholesale change and you go in a completely different direction. And what it does is it confuses other people that I'm now going to go into the other people and their styles. So these typically are most often associated with business ownership. These take risks. So God bless them. You know, there's a very small population of the world, about 3% of the world's population are D-style, and they're typically in leadership capacity roles in organizations, or they've decided in entrepreneurism to go take the risk and do it on their own. They look at anything. They look at business and they say, what do I need to go do? They like, that's the what that you were talking about. Just what do I need to go do? What's the task at hand? Let's go you know, jam it out. They're more task driven. When it comes to I style people, they actually are the people that seek to be the center of attention. They're the life of the party. They love to be, you know, gain recognition. They're very, very spontaneous people that will jump all over the place. And one of the drawbacks is they have low follow through and they don't actually seek results. What they seek is feelings from people because they're they're really trying to be uh, the type of person that just wants to be liked. So if an owner is one of those style people, there is typically associated where the, the business isn't generating the results that it needs to because they're stuck just trying to please people, not get the results from people. Um, but the, the, again, the I style people, they drive to, if I just say business ownership as the word, you know, they're immediately thinking who's involved and they think about their teammates. They think about the, you know, the potential climate clients and members. Um, and you know, they're already formulating game plans to, you know, be the life of the party to those people. So we need that because the eyes bring so much energy and enthusiasm to the daily grind and the mundaneness. Um, but at the same time, there's some drawbacks that come from it. I have an I style in me. I also have a D style in me. Um, so I'm very outgoing in both uh, cases. I love business ownership. I love doing all the speaking, but that doesn't like I have so many weaknesses because of that, because I'm so fast paced. I need to learn how to slow it down from time to time. Otherwise, people can't catch up to me. So when we say that, you know, we've now said, you know, the eyes are about 11% of the world's population. Most people that are going to take risks to be in business are come from a D or an I perspective. Um, so we know that 14% of the world would do that type of stuff. But it doesn't mean that somebody didn't make it uh, a decision to get into business ownership, be a fitness owner, and have an S-style personality. You know, S-style personalities, they look at, you know, you know, business ownership and they say, how do I do it? They make decisions based on conferring with other people. So if they don't have a team around them, they don't have a mastermind group, they don't have a coach, they're going to be in trouble because they become isolated and they start to have an immense amount of insecurity, doubt, worry, fear that kick in. Um, because they are so good at serving people. 
you know, so a business owner might decide to be able to, you know, be a, a you know, a fitness business owner, you know, because they want to serve people. They're extremely gifted at it, but their pace is slower. They make sure that things are going to be right. You know, to me, my pace is fast. They drive me kind of batty. Um, you know, and it, it's like, I have to grow in my patience. Like we said earlier, they have to increase their tempo. We can work great together, but that uh, style is the most prominent style that's out there in the world. 69% of the population has a dominant S. And I think that's absolutely mind blowing because actually in business ownership, those are the type of people that you look at to make great employees. You know, they are the people that you want to find because they're loyal, they're hardworking, they're team players. It just takes them a while to get there. And you have to help them and grow them, develop them because they do are more emotional beings than they are fact and data driven beings. So, you you know, a D style person, an I style person that may not be as emotional, you have to grow, you have to mature yourself to build that teamwork. Then last but not least, and, and again, those people that are listening to me, they're already, if you're a C-style person, you already know that I gave three percentages. I already gave the 3% for Ds, I, uh, Is are 11%, Ss are 69%. A true C-style person has already come up with the statistic on how many uh, <laughs> Cs are out there. So Cs represent 17%. They look at business ownership and they say, why am I going to do it? If it's logical to do it, then C-style people will take calculated risks. But other than logical to do it, they're very methodical in their decision-making. They're very thought-oriented. Uh, and they almost tend to see, you know, be seen by, if if there's a business owner out there that's trying to run a business and they got a team around them, um, they're seen as cold and distant because they're always thinking and they don't express their thoughts, feelings, and opinions very often. I had one, uh, you know, story of a business owner uh, years ago um, where he was taught by his dad and he was a C-style business owner. He was taught by his dad, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut and work hard. So he also had the personality of a C-style person and he thinks, and he was very gifted at working with his hands, uh, actually. And, you know, then he got into this leadership role and he had 50 employees and once I realized it and understood how to help him, what he had to do is make a habit of walking around twice a day. And he would have to say, I am and express an emotion. I am happy. I am mad. I am pissed off. I am sad. And then tell why he chose that emotion. I had his people come to me and say, I don't know whether I love the people came to me and they're like, we don't know whether we love you or hate you. Like, why? What did I do to you guys? Well, you taught him how to express himself and he's always pissed off. I'm like, then you're not doing your jobs, you know, because he, if you're doing your jobs, he would come to you and say, I'm happy. But he learned to express himself. His team knew where they stood. I then taught the team how to ask him questions. Okay, you're mad and I'm not doing my job right. What should I do differently? And what they did was they actually created a cohesive unit and it doubled the size of their business specifically because he took the steps in his personality to learn how to overcome that C style and be a very strong business owner. So just an example of how the coaching actually works and how you, know, you really get into the differences. Every one of those storylines, D, I, S, and C, we started with one thing. 
the words business owner. And what, who, how, or why are the different perspectives that everybody can look at the differences in business ownership. Fantastic. I love and that. And I don't want to add like too much complexity to that, but obviously most people have a sub sub category as well yeah. that comes into to play. Um, so it's not just as simple as looking at what's their dominant trait. It's also looking at what's their, their sub traits as well. And then depending on the situations, different traits are going to come out uh, into play in different ways um, as well, depending on what level they're at or under stress or whatever it may be. So there, there is a little bit more nuance to that. One thing that I just want to touch on is what I have learned is there's a, there's a big difference between being leading people and managing people. Um, and I, I really think as like you said, okay, D's great, good at leaders, right? Like they're going to know the way they're going to show the way and they're going to like force it down your throat. Like this is the direction we're going. Like we're going all in on this direction. Right. So great. But then actually going in and being able to manage the I's and manage the S's and, and manage the, the C's is a totally different game. For somebody that's a D and the reason I know is because I'm a super high D and I struggle to manage people and I always make the joke is hey I'm good with the leadership thing but just don't make me manage a human being because I'm going to to, to massively struggle now I can do it I I could do it well if I wanted to um, but I still struggle with the the actual want to go in and, and manage people and, and the truth is it it does cost me in many aspects because I'm not willing to go in and do the, the management qualities. I'm not willing to go in and do exactly what the I's need for me and do exactly what the, the S's need for me. The C's not, not too bad because I have a like 50% C and um, I actually don't mind going into to the details and, and figuring out the details and to an extent, right? Like there, there's a point where I'm like, y'all, like if you can't figure it out with this much detail, then then we have some problems, right? So there's a level of detail that I'm willing to go into, but you know, for me, I do struggle to to manage people, and because um, it is super tiring, it does get me away from marketing and growing the business. But I also know that it it does cause some downstream uh, dysfunctions that could be solved if I was willing to do more of the the people stuff inside of the business. Um, yeah. But that, that's just, that's self-awareness. And I think one of the biggest things is self-awareness, but people do need to, uh, to realize that in, in our business, obviously you're, you're in there. Um, I feel like, um, the hardest people actually for me, from a leader, like management perspective is the eyes because man, they, they would like in some aspects, they'd rather the business do worse, but everybody feel good. Yep. Right. Um, so with like, that's just me being open and honest with the things that I see inside of our business where it's like, Hey, we, we need to drive metrics. So you as a coach, how do you go in and, you know, understand the dynamics of it? But obviously, you know, to open a business, a business's job is to solve problems and make a profit. That's right. Right. So how do you go in and how do you manage that? Because it's not always just the owner's issue. I feel like a lot of times you're now also working with the managers and the owners go, help me fix my managers, get the, get them on board. So how do you work with that dynamic? We're in the fitness industry, which is kind of another weird dynamic. Most people didn't get into the fitness industry to want to make money and uh, push the business forward. They just want to help people and they want to serve people and asking people for money or challenging them to, 
you know, eat better and actually make it to to your workouts, like that doesn't necessarily feel good for people. So I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but how do you manage that dynamic of, hey, we need to drive a result in this business, but you have a lot of people that got in this business to not get results and want people to just feel good all the time. Meaning I don't want to challenge you. I don't want to make you uncomfortable at the expense of the business. If you yeah. can solve that, that will make everyone's hour uh, worth worth the time here today. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I would say if we remember it, leadership is influence. John Maxwell says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. But what we're really starting to get at the dynamics of the you know the the crux of the whole thing is you know business is about relationships and results, and. Two of the four ways that I can teach a person how to influence are based on tasks and activities and outcomes and results. I can teach people in there are natural giftednesses. D's and C's are naturally gifted at tasks, details, activities, and getting outcomes. So when we talk about managing people, all of a sudden what we're really getting into is a different way to influence and it's based on influencing through relationships. And then influencing for the multiplication of good results through a a cultural thing. So what we're talking about is level one and level three, D's and C's are very gifted at it. What we encourage is D's and C's to learn how to overcome their shortcomings. Again, we said success is know yourself, grow yourself, and sow seeds to help others. So, we, you know, Matt, when you talk about you know, you know, the shortcomings, the managing people thing, no, but if you know that you can put the right person in the right seat on the bus to help you manage those people, what it ends up being is we create growth plans for those I's or S's that are more people-oriented that they get in and, you know, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of the kumbaya of the feelings that that they are are driven towards. The, the cool thing is 80% of the world's population is based on I's and S's and feelings. So if they're gifted at connecting at the relationship with members and they can grow to drive the members to results, then the business is going to flourish and there's going to get results. So it's positioning people properly to know what their area of influence giftedness is and then teaching them little tips and tricks on how to influence at the levels that they're not naturally gifted at. But that's the one thing. If somebody wants to be a complete consummate leader, then they're going to grow all the way through the levels, keep all of the levels near and dear to them. I can't skip levels. I can't go, well, I'm going to go level two all the way to level four, and I can't skip over level three. That's what I's tried to do. So it's understanding what leadership really looks like, the four different ways to be able to garnish influence you know, through its either activity, it then becomes about relationships, then it becomes about results, and then it becomes about people development. Those four levels, knowing how to do it, would give somebody a precursor to success. The other thing that I would say is when you talk about areas that you're not necessarily gifted at, if you have a team around you, you you grow to trust somebody that does have the vision in mind, does have the results and success in mind, and pass the baton to them because they're mature enough to know when to pass it back to you for your area of giftedness. And you're passing batons of leadership back and forth through the areas that people are naturally gifted. So- 
you know, it, it is a dynamic, fluid, moving thing that is by trial and error, and we all have to learn how to do it. Otherwise, we're going to be great at relationships and suck at results, or we're going to be absolutely awful uh, at, at the relationship aspect, and we're going to try to drive results through uh, probably a lot of turnover and churning and burning uh, in the business. Follow up to that, Dustin? Uh, no, I think, again, it's it's all good stuff. And one of the things I want to point out, if everyone's really enjoying this topic, is that we are doing a bonus leadership day prior to the you know official days of domination workshop where gym owners can get themselves a personality test. And I think that's where it starts, is first understanding yourself. But it's kind of trippy because now these filters turn on on your eyes and you walk in a room and you see two people and now you see you know, a fire between the two of them. And you see a fire over here, you see a fire between a coach and a client. You're like, you kind of get overwhelmed because you see all these things that you now didn't see. It's like being unplugged, you know, from the matrix. And you're like, oh my God, I see why there's tension there. I see a fire there. And so it's like, you can't put them all out at once. And one thing I've learned to do, and, and Matt, I don't know if you agree with this, but I've learned you have to sometimes accept that you know there's a fire somewhere and you are acknowledging you're not going to address it because you can't address them all at once. It's impossible. So it's prioritizing the fires, right? Let's go get the big fires out and I'm gonna let these little fires happen, you know? And so it, the owner, obviously biggest fire in the room. Like if you don't understand yourself and why you have conflict with people, we gotta put that fire out. Then it goes to your manager, your leadership team, and then, you know, eventually the, the rest of the team and then even how they're now communicating with the clients and you kind of go down through it layer by layer. Um, but yeah, that, that that was just something that I wanted to say is like, One hey, of the Hood, Matt. One of the yeah, one of the big benefits from me, obviously, these are impatient. We want change very quickly, and we want people to embrace our ideas. And um, I, I think understanding personality types allows you to be a little bit more patient because you're like, why don't they get it, or why aren't they moving faster, or why are they, you know, asking eight hundred different questions? It's not that <laughs> it's not not that difficult to to understand. So the the ability to be a little bit more patient once you start understanding uh, the, the dynamics of people, but understanding why are they behaving the the way that they are behaving or why, like, hey, we made this change and it's going to be so awesome. Why are some people acting like, or why do the SS need to confer with everybody and have the meeting after the meeting, see how everybody's feeling and what everybody's thinking and um, all the things that, that end up happening. But one of the, the other crazy things about this is it's not just your team now. Now think of your clients, right? So 69%, and I had this aha. Uh, one time you're teaching our team and you said the 69%. I'm like, this is why there's so much drama all the time, right? So 69% of your clients are S's. So if a coach is let go or a coach quits or you made a change in your program or and you're like, why is there so much drama? Why is like everybody talking about this and having to like, and I'm like, oh, they need to confer their thoughts and their feelings. That's why this is happening, right? Yeah. So just understanding that, but then it even comes into marketing. Who are you who are you talking to? So I'm a high D, and if I talk in a way that motivates me as a high D to 69% of my email list being an S, right? They're gonna be like, it's not going to to resonate. So when you start looking through the lens of your entire business of the different personality types. Obviously, I know you do sales training on personality types and things like that too. I don't think we need to go into into that level, but like you're going to start being able to utilize this tool and this resource 
And like Dustin said, it just opens your eyes to like, oh, that's what's going on. Right. Um, but I do, I personally believe everything in life starts first with self-awareness, which is why if you do sign up, you're going to get a bonus. Uh, we are paying for personality tests, which Rich will provide to you. And the goal is that you have that in hand when you're sitting down and Rich is giving you the playbook of how do we actually apply this. So one, obviously, Rich, you can go into top takeaways. But really, for me, the top takeaways for you all, which is why we are investing to make this happen for you because it's so valuable and you're going to be able to see your business in a different light and run your business in a different light. Or at least you're going to be aware. It's up to you to apply the stuff. But you are going to to be aware with that. Like for me, one, the personality type, like really understanding yourself, understanding deficiencies, but then being able to communicate. So we're paying for that. Then Rich is going to come in for four hours and basically teach you the playbook of now, one, learn yourself, but how do you apply this at each of the levels and you'll leave equipped a much better leader. But with that, Rich, what would be like the top three takeaways or the biggest things that you think that owners are going to get value from the bonus day with you? Yeah, um, I definitely think that they're going to learn that there are four different ways and they're going to learn the four different ways to influence outcomes, people, everything. So there's four different influence techniques. Um, and I think that's extremely important to drive outcomes, to, you know, to match up to vision and whatnot. I think it's going to teach them how to create a leadership culture inside their organization. And Matt, you hit on it already. A leadership culture inside of an organization isn't just your team, it's your members. Um, 80% of your your members are going to be people-oriented people. They're either not going to be good at results and or they're going to take a while to get results because they're slow to pick up momentum. At that point, like retention should be addressed in this conversation because we should be having more honest conversations. That's what they're going to learn is how to have more honest conversations with their members. And then how to create a a, a, a follow-up plan that works because you said it, you, they're going to walk out of the bonus day with a game plan. And yet at the same time, their cheeks were in the seats. They didn't have to apply it. I'm going to give them those tips and tricks and techniques of how to have difficult conversations how to be able to identify what the vision is and what the outcomes are going to be so that they have a game plan and they have a process that they're going to follow. Then it's up to them to either follow the process or come back and say to you guys, say to me, can you help me? Because even that's part of the leadership process is getting help from you know people that have gone before you and done it before you. Because at the end of the day, every one of your, your clientele, the people that are going to be at the domination event, they want better results. This game plan gives you the opportunity of better results where you probably don't have a game plan that'll match up to it because of the dynamics of personality and leadership. So, I mean, one of the biggest things that they are results driven, like it sounds bad, but you're going to get more out of your team. Um, but you're going to get more out of your team with with a better attitude and cohesiveness and a, and a better culture, which really is the goal because obviously you can drive results out of somebody, but also create the worst culture in the world and drive people out of your business, right? So you can get a result, but at what expense? So being able to get the result, but also have the cohesiveness with your team and have a great culture inside of your team uh, is really, really important. One question that I'm I'm curious because we started this with saying, hey, you work with all these owners, you work with all these managers, you're working with coaches. 
you're in tune to the problems. What do you think the the biggest struggle right now that you're seeing gym business owners facing? Number one biggest uh, struggle they're facing is not uh, putting the leadership process in place. Like the mistake is I did leadership once. I checked the box on leadership. Uh, I'm a leader. Yes, we're all leaders. The depth and the thoroughness of your leadership. I know that at my age, how long I've been studying this, the more I learned, the more I realized what I don't know about it and how I have to continue the process in the journey. So the biggest mistake is they just don't buy into the process. Besides that, um, you know, and and that does, that goes into, uh, you know, consistency and self-discipline. It's no different than working out. Either you buy into the process of working out or you don't. And if you don't, you make reasons, excuses, and circumstances. That's what our members are doing. Our members are leaders. So if we can stay in the leadership bubble and continue developing our leadership, then we've overcome the biggest mistake, which is inconsistency and lacking discipline. That's that's anywhere in life, right? Um, Amen. That's the air. Our, right our most popular podcast or when we talk about like the dark side of of our industry and the problems that we face. Uh, so we're going to go down that path within the next question. What what are the hardest coaches to lead? And we're just talking about specifically in the fitness businesses, the, the ones that pretty much give the owners and the managers the most fits, the most problems, the most most issues. What, if, if you had to put it into a personality type or maybe a combination of personality types, what what coaches are the hardest to lead and, and maybe give some reasons why, and then maybe how to maybe better, better lead them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, S's are the hardest to lead because most leaders are faster paced. So it's like getting them up to speed and building the success and momentum that you know that they will need to believe in themselves because everybody on the team needs to believe in themselves. S's aren't known to have an immense amount of confidence. They're more stuck in having insecurities and doubts, worries, fears about themselves. So S's based on personality type are your long-term best play to hire teammates, but short-term when it comes to patience, it's hard. What I would also say though, is people that lack purpose, you know, why are you here? If you don't know why you're here or your why is misaligned, you think you're here because you like to work out. This isn't about you get over yourself. It's about the other people. So if you lack the purpose for serving people, all of the sudden, you know, there's going to be a really big disconnect. If you're last lacking passion, I think that's going to be a, a drawback to the business because there are, we know this, there are shit days everywhere. There are hard days everywhere. I've had a week full of hard days, but my purpose and my passion fuel me that I get up each morning and go back at overcoming the hard days. People that don't have the purpose or don't have the passion all of a sudden start, you know, becoming distracted, listening to Debbie Downers and naysayers. And I think that's probably the last thing is it's hard to lead people that don't listen to the voice of reason. They listen to people that tell them what they want to hear. And we all have had employees and we've all had people that we've been leading that, you know, all of a sudden, well, my mom says that you make me work too hard. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but that that's going to be the difficulty is when they're not listening to leadership, they're listening to whatever they want to hear. So 
I, I do think it gets into younger people are harder to lead right now um, because there is a little bit of an, you know, the personality or not the personality, the personality and the generational differences. Um, but it's our job to build the relationships with them and figure out where we can lead them and grow our influence with them. I do. I do have one more question and then we'll wrap it up. So, Dustin, whatever you have, you can be the, the last question and then have us go out of there. You brought up the next generation and just kind of like we're in this this gap of, you know, it's no longer millennials. It's it's the next line of and then obviously like, you know, some of the like the work ethic uh, isn't there. And like like even right now, like 40 hours seems like a lot of work um, and it's like 40 hours. That's a full time job. But now it's like, oh, I had to work 35 hours this week and I, this, I'm I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm. Obviously, our industry is different, so I don't want to bash on that. Like, it's it's a different demand of time and energy and schedules and and all that goes into it. But there is this like this thing of it's hard to push, and the the willingness to to be pushed, um, and do what it takes for the sake of the clients, do what it takes for for the sake of the business. If if you were to like crystal ball into the future with the kind of the next generation coming up. Where do you see the the challenges in kind of leading the next generation of of coaches uh, in our industry? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, and this goes to motivational characteristics. It's our job as leaders to understand what motivates people. In this next generation, is going to be very focused on freedom and autonomy. Um, they're not as focused on progress. The, you know, I, I heard an amazing uh, speaker um, that talked about we're, you know, we're on this journey out of the industrial and moving through the technical revolution and we're, you know, entering into the precipice of a spiritual revolution where we all want to feel good. And I think that's part of what's creating the gap from the haves and the have nots is if you want a spiritual revolution then you don't want necessarily results. You want more of that relationship, kumbaya level two aspect that I talk about. It you know, So I think the biggest challenge is going to be the connection with people and making sure that they understand that business is about making money and profits and it provides them the liberties and the freedom that they're looking for. So it's learning to how to bridge the gap with the differences and the new movements that are out there. It's all leadership to me, but it's learning how to do it all at a very high level. And I think it just goes, hey, like if you want to be in the business long term, you're going to need to be willing to adapt and be able to lead them. And uh, Andy Frisilla once said this. He said, and we was talking about millennials. He said, it's not the millennials that the pro is the problem. It's the leadership of the millennials that is the problem. And if you're not willing to adapt to what they need from you as a leader, because a lot of leaders, I think, struggle because they think everyone's supposed to adapt to them because they own the business or they're the manager and they have the title. But if you're not willing to adapt and provide your team what what they need, you're going to struggle, whether they're called a millennial, whether they're called a Gen Z or whether they're called whatever the next. I don't even know. I don't keep up on that stuff. But you have to be adaptable as a leader and be able to to meet your people where they're at and provide them what they need. To succeed, but that means you must understand your people. That means you must know your people. That must be you need to know what motivates them, right? And that's where I say it gets tiring and exhausting because I feel like it's kind of a 
always a moving target in a sense of like what what is needed now like there was like a pre-covid how you could lead and then during covid there was a different way you were allowed to lead and now that we're outside of covid and and things are shifting um you know what you're able to do now is a little bit different as well as a leader and you need to be adaptable and really that's where the leadership coaching and all that stuff comes in and staying on top of that i think is incredibly important so we're over time. I've talked way too much, Dustin. Uh, why don't you finish this off and we will uh, yeah. end the show. Uh, I think, guys, if you're listening this far, this has obviously sparked your interest. Look at this as safe labeling because people are really good at giving themselves a label. Like, oh, I'm not good with time. I'm not good with money, whatever. So this like gives you permission to call out someone's strengths and their weaknesses and it's not you attacking them. So that's what I really like about the disc. It's safe labeling. So I could tell my team, guys, tell me when I'm being a D. Tell me when I'm being a big D and call me out. And, you know, I'm giving them permission to, and that's the way, the nice way, instead of saying, man, you're really pushing us hard. You know, you're all about the task. You're not filling me in with enough details. And like, now I'm getting offended. I'm like, well, why don't you just, you know, like do this? Why don't you do that? And we're now we're battling where it's just a quick way to cut to the chase and say, man, let me actually help you. Cause I know you're an S let me speak to the things I know you're going to need. And hey, by the way, I'm a D, so I, I hope I didn't offend you when I did this. And so we're all exchanging and we're using it and it really improves team communication. So that's why I'm such a big believer in it. Thank you, Rich, for everything you've done for my team, everything you've done for Matt's. I know you work with dozens of other gym owners and our objective is to just put this into more people's awareness so that they can have a better business because it is a component, just like marketing, getting more leads, just like retention, giving the clients great service. You need to learn to make your team the most effective, high-performing team that you can so you can hit your financial goals and you can help more people. And so that's why we're excited for you to come in and have a full half-day bonus day for the people who join Domination Workshop. So guys, if you have not registered, go to dominationworkshop.com. Last time we checked it, we were at 70% capacity and that number will only dwindle the closer and closer we get because let's face it, we just said safe labeling. If you haven't signed up, you're a procrastinator. Stop procrastinating. Go to the dang URL and sign up, dominationworkshop.com, and get the bonus day with Rich, and it'll really help you along along the way. Um, Rich, any- And get it. Oh, yeah, go One ahead. second. Get it now, because prices will be going up to, to 2500 So pretty soon, in a couple of weeks, the prices are going up. By the time you see this, it might already be up. So get your ticket. Get the lowest price humanly possible because the price is going up. I just talked to uh, the person that built our website and we are bumping it up. So take advantage of it now. Get the bonus day. Get all the resources. And you really need to see leadership just like marketing in, in your business, just like lead nurture in your business, just like how do we run a result? How do we run a session in our business? Leadership needs to be another component inside of your business. And it's just as critical like Dustin was saying. Amen. I'll, I'll leave you guys with one last thing. Our world is in a leadership deficit. Our churches are struggling. Our schools are struggling. Lord help us, our government is struggling. Our businesses are struggling. Healthcare is struggling. There's not a place out there that's not struggling. And it's because people started following leadership in the 1980s and 90s, and they stopped being disciplined and consistent with it. They stopped developing themselves, and we just had a fall off. You know, we accept it as our communities and our society. If you guys want to overcome, you know, obesity, become a better leader because your ability to influence people that are overweight, it's your leadership. It's it's how it is. 
So that's where I would implore. That's my uh, you know stamp on this whole thing is keep up the good work to both of you because you're having leadership conversations every time you guys talk to people. And I think that we just need to develop more leaders in this world. Love it. All right, guys, we'll let you get out of here and we will see you at Domination Workshop. Bye. Hey guys, Dustin Bogle here. And I wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners. It's called Fitness Sales Made Simple because I wanna show you how to convert more of your leads into sales, how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy, fit, and more confident, all right? And so I'm gonna share my best sales strategies, but you gotta join the group to see what it's all about. And in fact, the minute you join, I'm gonna give you a free gift, and that is a PDF called Five Ways to Get More Sales in Your Gym. So join the group, I'll tag you on the PDF, and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.